Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the Community Shield Review Pod as City yet again regain a trophy, having yet again won a penalty shootout, having yet again beaten Liverpool, having won yet again at Wembley, our second home. Uh, here to dissect the most glorified of friendlies is the one and only State. Good afternoon, State. Good afternoon, how are you? Yeah, I'm just saying a fair, overdid it a bit yesterday. Yeah, you've so. been bringing me right down. <laughs> <laughs> bit tired we wouldn't Wembley yesterday for god's sake no I mean alcohol yeah yeah there was a lot it was messy it was a lot of people who are obviously not match fit yet for the season yeah 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 <laughs> remind me of the semi-final against United at Wembley so, the state of some people yeah. so if Lee if you're listening who fell asleep on the train instead of going to Wigan ended up in Southport so amazing um, Let's hope he's made it home by now. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, you okay then? I'm all good, yeah. Yeah, the sun is out and we're Wembley winners once again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there were no thunderstorms and the weather was great, so enjoy it while we can. Mm-hmm. Right, let's crack on then. I've got an opening question with a heavy sigh. Oh. <sighs> Leroy Sane. <laughs> Every summer has to have a tedious transfer saga. Uh, to be honest, I think there's been about eight this summer. Uh, this is the most tedious of them all. So we're not going to talk about is he going or not. I mean, our our sources or someone else's sources are quite clear that he said he wants to go. Uh, my thought is they're not going to pay what we want though, so he'll probably stay and not be happy. But other side of this, if he were to go, and this is the opening question... It looks absolutely certain that we won't be sourcing a replacement. I mean, we haven't got the time anyway, because to buy someone, I think it'll be Friday is our deadline, whereas to sell someone, Sane, we've got weeks. Uh, is not sourcing a replacement a bad mistake for you by City, or are you happy with what we already have in the squad? I can't imagine for one minute that Leroy Sane is definitely going and the club have not moved to bring someone in, uh, in, in the, you know, within the next couple of days. There was talk of that Mikel uh, Ozarzabal from um, Real Sociedad, left winger. Um, that seems to have gone cold. Um, wh- whether we've tried and failed or, or basically whether it was just a name that we put out there just to kind of muddy the waters and, and kind of, you know, uh, just mix things up and see what happens, see if a player is in, indeed interested. I don't know, but... Um, no one seems to have mentioned him for the past week. And now you're right, it, it looks very unlikely we're going to bring someone in, which leads me to suggest that the club are confident that we're going to retain Leroy. Because should we lose Leroy, then you look around and you're fearful of injuries. And we've already got that at the back. We don't need that up front as well. Uh, a club of City's resources, a club of City's allure where we can basically, you know, attract any player we wish, should go into every season basically imagining that one of their forwards, one of their midfield players and one of their defenders are out for the season. So you are well stocked for eventualities because players ultimately, inevitably, will get injured. Um, If we go into the season without Leroy Sane, then you look at the options that he have and it's, you know, it's fantastic. But it's... You know, it's quality, not quantity, isn't it? And and you know that's a concern. It's the same at the back. Should you know Laporte suffer a five week injury, we're screwed. Should Raheem Sterling get injured and Leroy's been sold, we're screwed. So 
Yeah, I, I can't see him leaving, um, which renders the question somewhat redundant. Should he go? Can you imagine kind of, you know, City kind of promoting one of the kids from the pre-season tour into his place? I, I just can't see that happening. Um, I, I think one of the fundamental reasons we've been successful in the past couple of years is because we have attack-minded attack you know, wide players who can yeah. destroy teams, absolutely destroy them. And then on 70 minutes, they come off and we bring in another player who can single-handedly destroy teams. Yeah. We'll be missing that second weapon. And I just can't see City kind of ceding to that for, for no matter what the price, or indeed no matter what the player wants to do. But are we, are we any worse off than... Obviously, Mahrez has come in and we're hopeful he'll have a bigger contribution in his second season. Mm. Are we any worse off than before he arrived at the club, though? I mean, we survived them, didn't we? True. Didn't feel we were short of. No, no. I, I, I mean, was Mares a was Mares a necessary purchase? Because it didn't feel like it at the time. I know what you're saying, but you've also got to bear in mind we've been lucky with injuries in that area. I mean, you know, yeah. we've been really unfortunate with KDB, and um, we've been unfortunate at the back with John Stones at times, uh, and of course Vinny's problems were kind of ongoing. Um, when you look at the front line, basically it's Sergio Aguero, isn't it, where we, we always seem to be hit yeah. with an injury or two. Um, so we've been lucky. So, yes, you're right, but only because we've been fortunate. We can't leave it to the stars. We can't leave it to fate. Um, we need kind of, you know, to cover every eventuality because ultimately we are challenging on four fronts this year and it is incredibly demanding and... You know, you need that full squad. Uh, you certainly need as good a squad as what we had last season. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing as well, you know, if he was to go, it's the excitement of a fan. Yeah. We'll have £100 million burning a hole in your in the metaphorical wallet. Yeah. And the excitement of seeing who you link with, because obviously that buys you a lot, even in these, this modern game. Yeah, you know, we could go out and get some something, someone really exciting, and to then not spend it seems almost, oh, that's not fair. <laughs> Just yeah. doing what we've got. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's the other angle, kind of very much related to what you're saying. Again, it's, it's the excitement and the fan of, of you know missing Leroy Sane. Yeah, he is truly a player who can get bums off seats, um, and you don't want to miss that. You don't want to lose that. So even. Regard, you know, regardless of how impactful he is towards Manchester City, um, you have know, a match day experience is also lessened as well. Uh, hypothetical then, if he said he wants to go, and Bayern Munich will not pay what we demand for him. Yeah. Deep down, would you rather we just take the money because he's not happy? Would you rather he stayed and was unhappy, or do you think we should just take the money? And as I think Asan said on a, either on Twitter or WhatsApp or something, that money next summer goes on a big, big player. Maybe not Mbappe, but you know someone. Yeah. Is it best to take the money now, or do we keep an unhappy player? Well, mix, the funny thing is, I think we keep an unhappy player in this instance. I think, you know, generally speaking, you don't want unhappy players in your books. But when it comes to Leroy Sane, he's a stroppy get anyway. So. Yeah. 
you know, last season he was just being stroppy and moody and individualistic and all the rest of it all throughout the season. So, you know, tell me what the difference would be if he's unhappy this season. <laughs> and, and look look how much kind of impact he had upon last season and how important he was to us. So with certain players, you, you don't want them to be kind of unhappy and you'd rather them move on. And of course, there's certain players as well who, you know, you generally like and, and will, will do their best regardless, but you actually generally think, OK, it's not working out for you here, you go elsewhere. Um, but when it comes to Leroy Sane, no, just just keep him at all costs. Um, you know, I mean that figuratively and literally, just keep him at all costs. Does he threaten that? I mean, one thing about this team in the last the squad last few years has been the morale around the squad seems to be absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Does he put that at risk? I know you said he's he's always been surly, and it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not ruining the morale in the past, but. If he's really unhappy, having not got his move, does he put that squad morale at risk? Or no, am I, I, am I really going over the top there? You're not going over the top because you know a lot of people mention this, and I'm not talking about Leo Sané here. I'm talking about generally in football. You know, people yeah. seem to think that having an unhappy player in a squad can somehow is, is infectious. Somehow, it's absolute bollocks. You you listen to any like Kevin De Bruyne said yesterday, very matter of factly. You know. If he goes, he goes. If they come in with a bid, you know, he goes. They are professionals. They know how this works. They know how it works, not only for themselves as footballers, but the club too. They know that it's a business. It's us lot who invest all the emotion into it, not them. They're quite cold-hearted and clinical about it as regards to, you know, the decisions they make, their career decisions. So, as illustrated a million times over by, you know, players leaving clubs where the fans love them, but they've been offered a third more wages so they know how it goes and they wouldn't kind of it wouldn't affect them whatsoever you know I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if in every single squad throughout the entire world there's at least one unhappy player there so yeah true true yeah I I don't know just just keep him Um, I'd be absolutely gutted if he goes I really would yeah Uh, extra question before we move on to the match that I've not written down so I'm screaming at you <laughs> but it's not a tough one really uh, just your thoughts it looks like and this is you know, great news Ilkay Gundogan is going to sign a new contract yeah that seems what the club have briefed journalists this morning uh, just your general thoughts on that I, he's taken his time to win over a lot of fans but I think he's a vital cog in this squad uh, and again he could have gone for free next year which would have been such a waste. I know it's not all about finances, but uh, yeah, I don't like the idea anyway of players just whittling down their contracts you know, yeah. to leave. I'm sure he'd still have given his all, but you can't be sure he will. Uh, your thoughts, if he does, you know, how big a thing is this for City? How what a bo- how big a boost do you see it, or will you just resign to him going and only see him as a bit part player anyway? No, no, I think it's a huge boost, and, and not only for his quality, which he's sh- you know inc- shown increasingly so uh, throughout his stay at City, but uh, I believe anyway that with us not bringing in another centre-back to replace Vinny, um, the likelihood is we'll see more and more of Fernandinho dropping deeper uh, into defence, and for that, of course, now we have Rodri, but you know you don't just want to rely on Rodri. You don't want a situation where you've got, let's say, John Stones out. You're playing Barcelona in its quarterfinals of the Champions League, and then Rodri comes down with a thigh strain. Uh, you know you can't expect Fernandinho to play in two positions at once. Yeah. So you know he, 
it just gives that extra dimension there and that extra kind of option, um, an extra cover as well. Uh, and that's in a, you know, in addition to the qualities he brings when he's Pep's first choice, which is so often is anyway. So yeah, I'm chuffed a bit. But he's, he's looks like he's staying. Um, we, we want to retain this squad. We want to improve it. We don't want to be losing Gundogan, and we don't want to be losing Sane. We don't want to be weakening ourselves. It makes precisely no sense because we've weakened ourselves by losing Vinny and not replacing him. Um, that can be navigated, but anything else beyond that, you know, why go backwards? This potentially. This is going to be the greatest British team of all time. I believe they already are. And potentially this could be one of the truly great top five footballing teams of the sport in the history. Why go backwards? Yeah. And it's out. So, yeah. I mean, the thing with Sane is that no players really left that we didn't want to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember Tevez, what the situation was by the end, but... He's the sort of player that was always passing through. But, you know, the last five, six years, just no one has left unless we wanted them to. So it's uh, you know uncharted territory in a way for the club. Yeah, and, and they've acted quickly as well, haven't they, in the past? It's really been impressive. And I, I don't think that gets the credit it deserves from City fans towards the club. Um, as soon as, you know, there's been plenty of occasions, basically, where it's merged that a player's signed an extension to his contract, and you're thinking, what? Yeah. You know, he's got three years left of his contract. What, what's he doing? And they're just nailing them down, making sure um, they've been very quick to act. Uh, and in these two instances, obviously, the player has been genuinely undecided and, you know, with genuine intentions to you know, to move. Um, so that hasn't proven possible. Um, so to have Gundogan stay in would be brilliant. Uh, we just need to just get that bloody deadline sorted now and move past that and have Leroy for another season. Yeah. Unfortunately, the deadline's only for us and not for yeah, Germany. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, not quite sure what the Mangala contract extension was about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I thought we thought we'd get some money for him this summer. but It was back, a cock-up. That's backfired, yeah. Yeah. It made sense at the time. Yeah. Do you not? I don't know. I'm surprised someone didn't want him. Yeah, despite everything. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to the match then? Right, the Community Shield. Uh, I'm going to pretend this meant something. I think I'm contractually obliged to do so. Uh, You've got a contract? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but by hosting this pod, yeah, I have to pretend this meant something. Uh, let's start with the lineup. Your thoughts? Uh, strong side, two strong sides. Yeah. Did this. Do you see this as being as was it what you expected? Do you see it being close to the side we may put out at West Ham next week? Yeah, there, there was precisely no surprises. To be perfectly honest with you, um, you know, Bravo was always going to play. Um, it came down well. The two certainties were this: one, it was going to be the strongest side possible for Pep, um, because it, it, it is a title. And particularly for him, because you know, in Europe, you have a Super Cups as they are over there. They're valued far more highly than the Community Shield is over here. So he was always going to play the strongest team, particularly because it was against Liverpool and all the you know thing about putting a marker down or all the rest of it. That held true. Uh, and the re- you know the reason as to regards to the the shape of a team, the form of a team was purely down to basically fitness. Who was at that level? Um, 
I mean, that's proven by the fact that he, he had to play Otamendi due to Laporte's absence and Otamendi had had two training sessions. So, you know, fair dues to him. You know, we owe him one for that, for getting through that game. Because yeah. uh, he must have been absolutely on his feet at the end. But, yeah, no surprises whatsoever in the lineup. Uh, it was one of those very rare occasions where you could kind of predict it beforehand because you knew it was going to go very strong. And, you know, obviously by watching the preseason friendlies and knowing the circumstances surrounding the players coming back from Copa America, it was pre- pretty easy to work out. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to pretend really that this game was everything. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll look at, well, I think I want to be brief on the game as a whole, but it was a game of two halves. So the first half, were you Greece, City, were you impressed with City's dominance? Uh, I was in that first half yeah equally or possibly even more so though I was encouraged by how poor Liverpool were and they've not been great in pre-season and I've only seen bits and bobs but I've seen kind of 30 minutes here and 45 minutes there and I've just had it into my head now that Liverpool aren't going to be as forceful as they were last season uh, to the extent of possibly finishing fourth or third um, and kind of you know not significantly off a pace, but enough where they're not really challenging throughout. That, that's that been my thought process going into yesterday's game. So when I saw the first half, in addition to be really encouraged by City, I was more so encouraged by kind of, you know, having my theory backed up, as it were, and thinking, yeah, Liverpool are not looking great right now. So I was well pissed off seeing the second half because they basically just, you know, reverted back to being the Liverpool of last season. Um, and then when you factor in how tired the City players were um, you know, as aforementioned Otamendi it was just you know defence against attack for the second half so it was a game of two halves um, and as regards to the first half yeah the passing was so crisp by City Rodri really stood out for me um, I think I put it on Twitter uh, it was a really good point made by Glenn Hoddle uh, so that was worth yeah. tweeting because you know, I think the last one, last good point he made was 1978. <laughs> that he's not, you know, at Atletico Madrid, he's not used to kind of receiving the ball on the half turn. Um, he's, he's used to getting it kind of played, you know, when he's behind the ball. And it was notable that he was ultra cautious in the first half, Rodri. Um, second half, much less so. But then by then, you know, Liverpool were pressing higher, faster, had the tails up, and Rodri was knackered. So on two occasions he made you know, bad errors, um, but that first half, man, he is a special player. He is the real deal. Yeah. Uh, that second half, then, is there an argument that we're paying the price for jetting around Asia? I mean, he said, I think Pep said, the last fifteen minutes the team were exhausted. Maybe mm. that's normal for pre-season because with every game you ramp up the intensity so you kind of hit the ground running when the first league game arrives uh, but I think it's fair to say I mean we've also played fewer games in Liverpool I think Liverpool played like seven and we played four yeah well I'm, I'm, mean, sure, I'm not sure what the perfect number is so you don't have to play seven but do you think we saw the after effects of hauling the team around Asia for two yeah, weeks I definitely getting did. much competitive football I say this every every summer. It, it's a real bugbear of mine. We had it last year in America. Um, was it China we went to the year before? Or certainly three years ago we went to China. Um, Australia as well, was it two years ago or three years ago? Um, we are forever going to the other you know, far reaches of the world in pre-season. Yeah. And I wish we wouldn't. You know, 
once every two years, fine. But every bloody summer, we do not need it. We don't need the money. We don't need the exposure. I know it's how important it is to the club, but ultimately, far more important to that is how well we do on the pitch and how well we do as a, as a club. Um, and it hinders that. It's not ideal preparation for, for, for the season. Um, why? I, I know it sounds old-fashioned when I say this, but if you, for example, if they'd have gone off to you know, Singapore and played a couple of games there, sure, come back, play Berry, play Bolton, raise some money for local clubs who are struggling right now, um, and, you know, trained every day on home turf, familiar surroundings, go home every night, they'll be much better prepared. And yeah. so it benefits Manchester City. It's it's so self-defeating and it really winds me right up. The only other side, I mean, look, the news is that the rumours are they're going back to America again next year. Yeah. Because yeah. it is at least closer. Yeah. I won't call going to America around the world. Uh, the only plus, I would say, is an experience for the players, in a way. Mm. It's an escape. Yeah. I guess, but we've played one friendly in Britain in the last kind of five or six years when we played St. Johnson. One friendly in Britain. Yeah. That's what the, what's going on there? It, there are actually, even taking aside all the kind of how, how much it impacts upon your kind of... Um, you know, fitness and, and all the rest of it, travelling around the world, even if you take all that aside, there are just positives to playing locally. You know, there's right. positives to playing at home. One friendly plus the community shields, let's not forget. Yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> don't, I don't buy it. I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen Twitter the last 24 hours and I, you know, I can accept the fact that it is one of those games where the winners talk it up and the losers talk it down. But the same could be said for League Cup Final too. Um, no. or, the, or indeed the Europa League for me Community Shield's a big deal it's a title we, we, we won a title yesterday and I stand by that I said it last year I've always felt that way um, and you know when you're a kid the Charity Shield it's the start of the season you know what I mean it's, it's like it's always sunny it's Wembley you've got Cantona there scoring a hat-trick for Leeds against Liverpool or what, you know, whatever it is it's a big deal Um so yeah, I, I just don't buy any of that. I don't buy the kind of belittling of it. it. It's it's up there for me. It's a title. Okay, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know you feel the other way, but it's, but why do you feel the other way then? Well, it's just it's a friendly. I mean, it's just this. It's a any one-off games where that you play because you qualify for them by doing something else mm. is for me not a trophy. Trophies are earned through you know the long run be it a league through a whole cup competition through winning a number of games qualifying doing things but but they've earned their place in that final by you know by virtue of winning the league or or the FA Cup so that's where they've earned it yeah I know but they've earned (laughs) basically their reward for was winning the league and the FA Cup they got trophies for that to then be able to win (laughs) another one because they won some other trophies doesn't make it I mean it doesn't matter uh, you know I'm just there's more important thing to me is that the match fit that we don't pick up injuries things oh, like yeah, that yeah, just absolutely. matter far more to me than, than the result uh, well I'll ask you this two more questions uh, we'll have a quick look at penalties as well and then we'll look at the players briefly uh, we've done Rodri of course yeah who's settling in nicely uh, do you take anything from this then as we go into the season or did it tell you nothing new whatsoever Ultimately, it, t- it told me nothing new uh, whatsoever. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, you can pick out players like Rodri um, for Liverpool. There's no new signings to speak of. Um, 
so yeah, ultimately it was kind of in the second half and, and the manner in which Liverpool played in that second half, there was nothing new really. There was no new angle to explore. It was kind of same old, same old. Um, but yeah, that, that's not what it's for. It's it, it, in one half. It's it's a showpiece event at Wembley, which is just really enjoyable. Uh, and the other half is you know, as you say, all about kind of fitness and kind of that final fine tuning before the season proper. Um, which I'm happy to accept, of course I am. Um, so yeah, that's what ultimately mattered, really. You know, we won, so it was an enjoyable showpiece final at Wembley. And you know, Sane aside, um, certainly in terms of fitness, anyway, players got through it and, and kind of will be sh- significantly sharper um, because you can. That's what differs it for me from a friendly as well. I mean, you look at City's friendlies in the last couple of few weeks. And you look at the intensity of yesterday and what it mattered mm, and, and mm. all the rest of it. So you can't put on a level playing field with those for me. Yeah. Uh, do you say anything? I've seen it mentioned second half that, you know, I think Ace said it on Twitter that we almost seem to deliberately uh, stand off Liverpool and let them attack us. And we mm. still had that great Sterling chance. Uh, do you think, was there a reason for that beyond getting tired? Do you think. Pet was just experimenting with something. I no, I, I put it down to tiredness. I guess it's down to perception and, and you know subjective. That is, you know, there's no way of me knowing. But I, when I watched it, I interpreted it that as being tiredness. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a real fuel cellar to stand off Liverpool and um, and we were we were paying for it as well. So you know, it was really counterproductive if, if it was indeed some kind of uh, trial and error. It was it was more error than trial. Yeah, uh, penalties then. Now we were doing a live podcast and missed the Wolves yeah. debacle. I've still not seen the penalties. And I don't think I want to. I've, I've still done. not listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I dared. I dared. Yeah. Who is slagging off most? I can't remember. Oh, uh, yeah, Solskjaer. That's fair enough then. Uh, but yeah, we've won six on a row. I think before Wolves, we've won four on a row. At Wembley, I think uh, we scored all five. Uh, what do we take from penalty shootouts? Now, if we want to win the Champions League, mm. a cup competition, there's every chance that at some point penalties may come into play. Yeah, maybe even in the final. Can we really take anything from their excellent record in recent years against penalties, or you just it's just a psychology thing, and what happens happens. No, I think I take a great deal from it. It, it, it's, you know, I don't know what percentage it would be, but I would kind of gauge that. I would wager that a large percentage of taking penalties it comes down to confidence. Um, and then you look at you know Liverpool who have now lost two penalty shootouts to us. Um, you know, as unlikely as it is, should City play Liverpool in the Champions League this, this season and it goes to penalties, um, you know we've got a significant psychological advantage there. Um, because you know, we saw yesterday some of the players w- were players who have missed in the past, like Alana, um, and I can't remember who who was, oh well Nowden wasn't it. So if he steps up next time, that's going to be playing his mind that he missed on the last occasion. Um, we're just very good at taking penalties when it matters, um, and also significantly as well. We've got very good goalkeepers, which always seem to be our backup goalkeepers, who <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> can be the hero at the right time. And we've got to mention Bravo. Bravo was brilliant yesterday 
absolutely brilliant. Uh, and considering what he's come through, and considering that basically he's been written off as a clown, and he's coming off the back of a year-long injury, huge respect for that man. Um, for you know, the, not only the performance yesterday as well, but throughout pre-season as well. Um, he's completely reassured me that he's, he's going to be a, a more than able backup to Edison going into the season. And um, yeah, a lot of love and respect for him, I, I reckon. But um, going back to the penalties, it's a really impressive record and it just stands us in good stead because it's not just Champions League as well and, and you know, knockout uh, competitions. It's with VAR now, we're going to be looking at maybe twice the amount of penalties this season. Um, yeah. So individually... The more the you know, the more decent takers we've got, the better. Yeah, I don't know. We'll start alternating if we're getting that many. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I I still undecided to be honest on who yeah. our first choice penalty taker should be. I never ever fancy Sergio Aguero. I just never do. Yeah. I don't know why. But when he steps up, I've hey. always got a bad feeling. Same with Jesus as well. It's I don't know why. Now, well, Lionel Messi's not a he's not a great penalty taker. No, I think I'll have to find the stats. I hope he doesn't prove I'm talking absolute rubbish. But from my memory, I don't think he is. It's it's a strange one. It's yeah, uh, even someone who can just do anything with the football. It's a completely different mentality. It is. I, yeah. I was going to say Gundogan is my obvious choice, but he missed against Wolves, didn't he? Gundogan, yeah, and De Bruyne and Bernardo Bruyne Silva. And um, Bernardo Silva, you know, when he, when he steps up, when he steps up yesterday, I knew it was in. Zinchenko, I knew he was going to miss. So <laughs> when, um, yeah, because it was obviously a close goal that one, wasn't it? Yeah. So for that splittest of seconds, I was like, "Damn it!" I knew I was right. I knew he was going to miss, but I just didn't fancy Zinchenko, and I, I, you know, I apologised to him. I don't know why, but I, just you kind of feel, don't you, for certain players? Yeah. Um, and the way they're walking up, and I don't know, but yeah, thankfully it, it just squeezed in, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, similar to Aguero's. Identical Aguero's against Chelsea, I think, at the Carabao mm. Cup final, just squeezed in under the keeper. Yeah. To the keeper's left, yeah. Uh, right, well, let's go back to Bravo then. I thought, you know, in the blog I wrote, I said it's a bit silly having a, a non homegrown spot for a backup goalkeeper. Yeah. I thought when he picked up his injury last season, and it was clear quite quickly that that was his season over, uh, right at the beginning of the season. I thought there's no chance I'll ever pull on a city shirt again. Are you of the last few weeks convinced you now? Are you just really confident if Edison picked up, let's say, a six-week, two-month injury? Are you confident with Bravo coming in? I am. Yeah, he's he's really transformed me. Um, I have to say, um, and and not just based on on this preseason season before he got injured. Um, you know, we saw a couple of really good performances in the Carabao Cup. Um, There'd always be a mistake in him, and maybe there will always be a mistake in him. But overall, um, particularly if you're looking at you know a backup, mm. then yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy with him. And like I say, you know, sometimes it's more than football, isn't it? Sometimes it's, it, it's it matters. Just kind of you know having a player who's a Manchester City player who's you, you're justifiably kind of well, I won't say proud of, but kind of you know a lot of respect for. Put it out like. And he's become one of those players for me. I do have a lot of respect for the guy. Anyone who turns around the you know an image like he has to that extent deserves a lot of respect. I mean the the nasty joke jibe in his opening years that he had Tyrannosaurus Rex arms. That mm. you know everything was. I do think it was a bit unlucky. We went through a spell where opposition teams 
would only get one chance. I remember, I think Lukaku scored one for Everton. But everything was just being rifled into the bottom corner. But he wasn't, he was scared in a bit. He wasn't proactive. And someone, guy, you know, a friend Lee who I mentioned earlier, <laughs> he ended up in Southport, so <laughs> still thinks that Edison would have taken, would have gone for that cross for their equaliser in the Community Shield. Yeah. So he still has a problem. He is rooted to his line quite a lot. Mm. But he has done the most important thing first, which is saving shots. Yeah. And of course, because it, it just emanates out to the rest of the defence, doesn't it? If you've got confidence in the person behind you, it, oh god, the, particularly the effect the, uh, a goalkeeper has on everyone in front of him is, you know, can't be measured really. Yeah, considering the way we play, it's absolutely crucial that they've got a lot of faith and trust in their goalkeeper, and and that's why everything was heightened when he went through his bad spell. You know, it wasn't just a case of we had a defend, uh, we had a goalkeeper who was kind of shipping in goals. It was more than that. It really affected the back four. Um, Again, because of the, of the way we play, it's it's, it's high wire football, isn't it? It's it's mm. you know it's high risk. So um, yeah, that's crucial too. And I, I do believe he has that kind of um, the trust of his his back four now. Um, and yeah, let's let's just hope it carries on. Obviously, Edison's going to step back in. Um, possibly not against West Ham, or what do you think? Uh, I think he will because when we signed him, I think he came straight into the side without even. The pre-season then, mm. so yeah, it's not an absolute definite now. But my feeling is he'll probably go into the side, yeah, yeah, after a week's training. Uh, but uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I think Pep has, you know, he's commented that he has faith in him. So yeah, in uh, Bravo that is. So yeah, it's not an absolutely certainty, but we'll see. Uh, right, let's move on to. We'll talk about Raheem Sterling briefly. Uh, Obviously, that chance in the second half where he was caught between passing, was it Walker to his left mm. or shooting? Uh, it's just the problem with having him as a number nine. Do you only see that as a temporary measure? Or am I being harsh because he did score two one on ones and showed some composure in previous pre season games? Uh, are we just, will he always be a wide player for you? Oh, God, that's a really tricky one. Um, can I sit on the fence on this one? Because I kind of. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just feel equally as strongly about both sides of that argument, to be honest. Um, I would say I'm, I'm more than happy with him playing up front. Um, yeah. I just wish that... And I know, you know, you're right, he scored two one-on-ones in pre-season. Um, one was, you know, excellently finished off. But I just wish that we could have... Let, let's say Sergio's injured, let's say Jesus is injured. More than happy to go into any game against anyone in the world, Raheem Sterling. Or as our focal point yeah. but should he get in a one-on situation or, or more specifically should he get in situations where he has a lot of time to think about what he's going to do you just kind of wish he could suddenly just morph into Sergio and then yeah. revert back to being Raheem because that will always be his undoing um, what Pep has done so brilliantly with Raheem and Raheem should take a good deal of credit as well for doing this of course is in those situations where he's got to act kind of, you know, he's got one and a half seconds to act, he takes those one and a half seconds. So, yeah. you know, even if it's a simple tapping, you know, there's no, it's all done nice and languidly. Um, and it's all done very comfortably and, and kind of smoothly. And, Cause he's just, he's going through the, he's slowed his pace down of, of his thinking. I mean, not, you know, in terms of physically. Yeah. Um, 
and that's worked hugely to his benefit. But if you give him more than, you know, three or four seconds, he'll always be within that. It's never going to go. You'd never feel completely confident he's going to make the right decision. Um, I mean, I'm not knocking the lad. God, if this is his floor, I'll take it all day long, you know, because yeah. all his benefits far exceed that. Um, but I believe anyway that'll always be uh, a slight failing on his part. Yeah. Uh, anyone else stand out for you, or was there anyone that worried you? Or again, doesn't matter. <laughs> we know these players too well to really start drawing conclusions it, from. Well, Zinchenko concerned me a bit, but yeah. then that's balanced out considerably by the fact he was up against Mo Salah. So, you know, he's not going to be up against a player of his quality every week. Um, and, you know, he did turn it around second half. Um, he kind of had like the reverse game to his teammates, actually, because in the first half he was pretty poor, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, I think concern would be an exaggeration there anyway. Um, looking round, it really surprised me that De Bruyne got man of a match. I'll, I'll say that. Um, yeah. It's not as if he had a stinker by any stretch, but by his usual exceptional standards, I just thought he made the wrong choice here and there. Um, a couple of overhit passes, you know, he just wasn't his usual immaculate self. Um yeah, it was quite a straightforward game, all told. Um, and if you look at like the Liverpool lineup as well, that if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be much more concerned. I'd be concerned with how rusty Gomez looked, for example. Uh, I thought he was really off a pace and he really struggled. Um, well, Naldum as well wasn't at the races. Um, so yeah, and Firmino, God, I mean, I know he puts up the work in. Um, but I forgot he was playing for about 20 minutes at a time. So well, that's, that's my penultimate question is about Liverpool. Cause we, you know, I didn't get to ask you on the last pod we did. I think mm. Aysan has got this theory, Klopp and burnout in his players yeah, has, yeah. Seen, has seen at Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, where they had a lot of injuries. Now the injuries could have been bad luck or it could have been down to his methods. And tying it into these poor pre-season results... I didn't really see evidence that they're about to burn out in the season coming up from that second half performance. Do you think it's at all plausible? Obviously, Liverpool fans are a bit a lot on edge because they've just not brought anyone in. So they're going with the same squad with Oxlade-Chamberlain back from injury and they may blood a couple of youngsters in with a bit more time, uh, game time than you know, past. Is that enough? Do you think it's a plausible theory that this team could burn out big time? Or if you had to put a bet on them, would you have them pushing City all the way again next season? And do you think we saw next season's top two teams again yesterday? I don't know. I don't. I, I still, even after the second half yesterday, uh, I don't think they're going to make top two. I think they'll end up third. I think Spurs will finish above them. Um, it was a huge mistake. Or assuming they don't bring someone in very unexpectedly in the next few days, it's a huge mistake not bringing in someone such as Gutino, um, had they got him, I, I you know, I would have been absolutely gutted because he's exactly the kind of player they need. Just someone basically of an elite standard to yeah. take the pressure off their front three. I know we've got Ryan Brewster, I know how brilliant he is. Um Arigi doesn't do anything for me. Um in fact in the long term it's probably to City's benefit that Arigi scored such crucial goals last year because it means they're staying with him for another year. Um, 
and they're going to have to go through all of this season with their front three yet again. They've all been away for the summer. We've seen it ourselves with people like Kevin De Bruyne, what happens um, you know, if a player plays for two and a half years of consecutive football. So yeah, it's, it's not really down to Klopp doing anything. You know, I know he demands a lot of his players with, with the press and whatnot, but I don't think it's down to Klopp. I just think purely it's a, their decision not to bring in another striker will ultimately result surely, not that I'd wish this on any player, uh, one or two of those front three to be absent at different times of season. And if they are, you know, they don't have a great squad. Uh, I think it was Hoddle, actually, because I watched it on television last yesterday, who said, you know, are we looking at the depth of Liverpool's squad now? No, they don't have a great squad. So, a couple of injuries. And, and also, just looking at the percentage game as well, um, I know it's perfectly possible that Liverpool could not have a single injury from now until the rest of time, but yeah. um, at the same token, you do think, my God, they are due some. Um, and so, with that bearing that in mind as well, I, I don't know, you just fancy him to, to, to lose Robertson at different times, or Van Dijk, or Salah. And if they do, like I say... They're, they're an ordinary team all of a sudden um, for me no way are we going to finish top two yeah right we'll have to we'll keep that record yeah 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 keep it keep it they're going to finish third at best and, I hope you're um, right obviously I, and, uh, I, I, I would say as well that there'll be you know at least at least eight to ten points behind City well, I hope you're right obviously let's not forget they're going for seven trophies as well well that, that's a thing yeah yeah six, six now yeah, yeah. Uh, but they have got this. Well, they've got the super. What is it? The super cup soon. Well, they've got mm-hmm. in December. Got, oh, sorry, they've got the super cup in, in what is it? A week's time. And they've got and a world club championship got, or something. Got in December, yeah, in Qatar. So um, that's going to play havoc with their fixtures. So yeah, it's, it's too much to expect of a small group. Um, you know, Klopp likes a small squad. Um, it's just it is just too much to expect. I mean, they will benefit from Cater coming in uh, and Oxley Chamberlain. I like as well. Um, so I don't think they're going to have any major problems in midfield um, nor will they in defence unless of course they succumb to injury uh, it's up front for me that's the key and frankly that's what they're all about anyway that's what takes them from being you know a, a four, fifth, sixth play side into yeah. last season's team yeah ok well I've got one final question before we wrap it up and I didn't put this in the notes either because I forgot uh, <laughs> A theory from the pub pub talk yesterday. Right. Uh, Pep was getting a bit annoyed. Uh, very, not like him, you know, he keeps his cards close to his chest. Uh, you see him getting frustrated in press conferences. But about us not having players in this FIFA list or, you know, players getting individual recognition yeah. and awards. Here's a left field theory. Is this, he's won the league, obviously. Then he had to had to fire these players up to regain the lead which is one of the most difficult things to do after all it hadn't been done for a decade by an English side now he's got to get these players going again it's, the key to success is the players not dropping off 1% mm. is there an argument that he's using this for what he said this week to yet again keep you know because the players will have seen this uh, to get them fired up and motivated for the season ahead I'm saying surprised. how unrecognised yeah, yeah. they are. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, the question was put to him, to be fair, but that could have easily been fair to the journalist. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be remotely surprised at that. So many... I've got... I hold no truck whatsoever with mind games. Mind games do not work. However, mind games on players... <laughs> now, mm-hmm. that's a different matter altogether. Um, and I've, I've seen so many occasions in the past where, you know, Ferguson always called the master of mind games. Was he bollocks? However... When it comes to the psychology of his players, there was no one better. And Pep, you know, I think it goes without saying that he is right up there as one of the greatest coaches of all time. So, yeah, he's an incredibly shrewd, incredibly astute man. Um, and there's a reason behind, you know, 98% of the things he does and says. Um, and I think that was an example there. Um, he was just basically playing mind games with his team because um, he doesn't ultimately... You know, if he's feeling aggrieved and and he's got every right to feel aggrieved at his team being overlooked, um, he's not going to share that with the media. What what's what's the benefit to that? But yeah. there is a benefit to that if it gets his players fired up. So then he thinks nothing of doing so. Do you have any concerns with this team? Or are they always fired up with him, <laughs> with him stood behind them all the time. Yeah, I don't. I don't to be fair, it, it, I really don't. Um, and last season was at the start of last season my I think we talked about this on the pod a lot where we were concerned about the possibility of complacency creeping in I mean when was the last time we, we used the C word now it's it just it's not even a consideration anymore is it no uh, no not at all uh, well we will see yeah I, I do think it will be a more attritional season for Liverpool and City uh, but you know as I said said it the season before that they weren't going to repeat 100 points and they weren't far off so uh, we will see I think the other way will keep it fresh Alex Ferguson used to keep it fresh by changing his number two his back at his assistants mm. yeah so it was fresh on the training field uh, it looks like Cancelo may pronounce that long he's coming in and Danilo going he's a much more offensive a dribbler type so we may see different this might be an evolution from Pep with different formations as well uh, and maybe three I don't know three at the back and more who knows what we'll see differently next season uh, so I think we'll wrap it up here uh, yeah, I'm excited about Cancelo coming but Danilo final word bit of a, bit of a waste really never really done anything wrong for me no. very, very highly rated player very good player you know, the stand, to have a player of that standard as a squad player just showed the depth we have a uh, bit of a missed opportunity, really, that he's gone past three without really having a great say in matters for this team. Yeah, and, and, and he's got the greatest CV of any footballer yeah. pretty much in the world. It's unbelievable, his CV. Um, you know, he's just, it's Champions League after Champions League after title after title. Um, yeah, I, I liked him towards the end. Um, I got to like him. Um, and when he joined we weren't sure if we were going to see kind of Porto the play we was at Porto yeah. um, and sadly that proved not to be the case at first and he's grew into his role and he's never kicked up a fuss and when he's come on he's kind of you know kept the boat steady um, and he's done so with a, a bit of class as well is what you referred to you know he's, he's anything but a utility player I know he can he's versatile but you know he's anything but you know just a player to just patch a hole um, he's got a, a good touch on him and he's a quality player so 
I'm, I'm a bit sad to see him go, to be honest. And, and I hope that, well, I know really that he'll always get a good reception at City because, um, you know, he rarely let us down. And I, I, exactly as you said, basically, that to have some of, of, of his ilk as a squad player, um, that's a mark of where we are now. Yeah, I am surprised. I even Phil didn't left back occasionally. But unfortunately, that was his role in the end to be a, you know, a utility player. And yeah, I don't think that does any player the favour really when they're just there to fill in gaps. No, I'm, just, I'm surprised really at the amount of games Walker got through, and he did run out of steam and had to be dropped for a while for a few games last season. That he didn't rotate him more, but I'm guessing Pep just didn't see enough of him to carry out the tactical role that he wanted at right back. So. Yeah, Which, yeah. We just don't know, do you? That's a thing. Yeah. It's you've no, you know, we have no idea what what goes on inside Pep's head, and and indeed what goes on in the kind of closed environment on the training pitch. So, yeah, um, yeah it was obviously a reason why he wasn't played more because I, I feel exactly the same way as you. He, he was reliable. Um, you, you know, you, you, when he came in, he fitted in straight away. He didn't, like I say, unsteady the ship. So in that regard, it made sense. You know, say it's a home game as well, and and you know, in the league, then yeah. to play him and rest Walker, but you know, it never happened, did it? Yeah, no. Anyway, that's it. City have won five of the last six domestic trophies available. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We've we've won the last five, haven't we? Is it the last five? Oh, I don't know. I wrote that today, mate. I really hope I'm right. Last three, four, five. Yeah, I'll do the math. No, I don't. Oh. It is. It, it no, because last year's last year's FA Cup was not won. Oh, I don't mean the one crap. just gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean the one before then. Hang on, I'm, I'm going to check in a minute just to hope that there's some kind of little technicality. Do you want me to go FA... backwards then? Community Shield. FA no, no, you're Cup, right. Carabao uh, Cup. Well, no, I, sorry. Community Shield League. No, I've got it wrong again. FA Cup, Carabao Cup, the previous Community Shield, but we didn't win the FA Cup. But we won the previous Carabao Cup as well. Right, as a league, it could be six out of seven. I think the point is we're doing quite well domestically, aren't we? Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. there's a, a technicality where the FA Cup, the league, finished after the FA Cup the season <laughs> before last. Otherwise, I've, I've given wrong information. Not only that, but I've given wrong information in an article where I've properly, like you know, been snidey on journalists. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Well, I've just got myself completely confused by going trying to go backwards. Obviously, they did used to put the FA Cup before the end of the season occasionally, but uh, yeah, yeah, they just stop messing about with it anyway. Uh, yeah, they've done okay. I think only the previous. Obviously, we've won the last two Carabaos. I'm, I'm even yeah, and the last two leagues and the last two Community Shields. So they've done okay. Uh, even if I don't count it as a proper trophy, I'm still, <laughs> that's not a bad haul, really, is it? Uh, not, not at all. And we finally conceded a goal at Wembley at the sixth attempt, uh, but it didn't matter in the end. So yeah, all in all, it's we're ready. The new season will be upon us. Uh, thanks for appearing on the pod today, Steve. Uh, pleasure, mate. Yep, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, plenty more shows coming up. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a league review coming up as well as we enter into the new season preview of West Ham and reviews and a lot more besides so yeah thanks for listening everyone uh, until next time goodbye and up the blues <laughs> <laughs>